You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, by Vendors. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. We're back. The NHL season starts tomorrow, the day this episode comes out. I am super fucking excited. The final roster's been released. Fantasy drafts have completed. And we're we're ready for, you know, the season of let's get Connor Bedard. I mean, let's be honest, that's the reality of this year. But before we get into any of that, I want to first talk about so I want to first get to Corey. How are you, buddy? How was your weekend? Any big plans? Anything you did? I worked for 200. Thanks, Pat. Uh, yeah, I just worked. I didn't do fuck all. I worked um, Saturday. I don't even remember. I think, oh, I walked 13 miles Friday and developed my first blister of the year. So I didn't do fuck all Saturday because it was... It was just so aggravating to walk around. So I went and bought some sushi, which was fantastic. And uh caught up on my television shows. Sorry if the there's like a, a weird muffled uh mic. My cat just bumped it. Yeah, I didn't do too much. Um just kind of hung out at the house. My wife was out of town. I didn't really have uh a lot to do. And uh I guess I just prepared for a long Sunday, uh, which is why we didn't record because I had to work the Saints, and apparently it was Thanksgiving for Canada. So, uh, yes, happy Thanksgiving! Uh, of, yes, absolutely, it was Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving today. Who forgot Thanksgiving again? Monday. This guy. What's that? I said, who forgot again? This guy. Yeah, you know, you're forgetting when real Thanksgiving is. Our Thanksgiving is not sullied by the genocide of natives. So. That's nice. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving. I, I went home. I got to finally go home. I got COVID on Thursday. What a gross bitch. <laughs> what like what a pain in the ass. So <laughs> Friday, my girlfriend came up to see me too from Ottawa. She was 30 minutes down the road. Don't come close to me. You like fucking episode six. Um dad off of house of dragon just all fucking disgusting looking get away from oh, me it was <laughs> it was brutal friday was tough like i only tested because i was eating my subway like seriously my girlfriend was like 30 minutes down the road from ottawa it's like a three-hour drive mm-hmm. and i'm like <clears throat> sorry still kind of getting over it i'm like this this so tastes like awful, like just horrible. And then I'm kind of realizing that it tastes horrible because I don't really taste it. And I'm like, oh, no, like can't be. So I test out of like, I'm just like, oh, it's not COVID. I'm fine. And then 
sure enough, the fucking two lines show up. So now I'm flipping my shit. So I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like Thanksgiving weekend. I haven't seen my girlfriend in like two months. Take another one. It's positive. I wanted to fucking kill myself, Corey. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, fucking Saturday upset too. Special yeah, on like a national Saturday holiday. It was awful. Friday, I felt like shit. And then the Saturday, though, I woke up and I was like symptom free. Nothing. Didn't even have like the sniffles. So wow. went home, kind of stayed downstairs most of the day. Was fine by nighttime. Um, and then went on a ripper. No, I kind of just like took some NyQuil, passed out till like 2 p.m. the Sunday. Woke up, was fine, tested negative and one about my day had thanksgiving dinner with my immediate family and but yeah it was weird like that one day it was my first time getting covid i think at least and that one day though that i was like feeling it oh my god <laughs> it was fucking horrible my body was aching i was like sweating that was, was the worst part of it was, it was just awful. body ache I could feel like my brain like shrinking too. Like I, I like the COVID brain. Like I was, I was an actual, I was actually brain dead. Like I couldn't speak. I was like, it was just awful. It was a horrible experience. I could not imagine going through that for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, crazy. That's how COVID <laughs> is now though. Like you catch COVID. It's like a day like a really tough day it's those it's the new variants right they're really they're dull I'm no expert but they're very contagious i guess and very minor if that makes sense <laughs> like they don't hit you as hard um but moving past covid uh what do you want to do you want to talk fantasy or do you want to talk abs first let's do halves first because i feel like we always uh pitter patter uh around the halves so let's get let's get the stuff out the way before we really derail the episode i feel like i feel like that that should be the new way of doing things is is get the get the important shit you know like what the podcast is based around and then if people like us enough they'll listen to the nonsense after well now that we're finally back into the regular season, it should be the. We'll have more t- stuff to talk about too, right? So. Yep, and we're going back to two a week, so I'm sure you're excited. <sighs> Impossible, but we'll figure it out, I guess. Oh, but yeah. So, <clears throat> Habs announced their starting roster, or for, for opening night. But before we even get to that, big announcement for the team. Um. They announced that four rookies have made the Habs roster. Woo! Yeah, yep. Yuraslavkovsky, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackai, and Jordan Harris. And I think, honestly, as weird as it is to say, the biggest catches my eye is Yuraslavkovsky. Um, it's a move <laughs> for sure. That's. I don't think I'm surprised that he made the team. I think a lot of us probably saw that coming, but I do think it's a bold, it's a bold decision. Now, hopefully my way of looking at it is that they're letting him come up for nine games, let him have a taste, and then they're going to send him to the AHL if he doesn't dominate. But 
you know, it could also very well mean that Slavkovsky's here for the year. And I'd love to, before we move on to the other three guys who all deserve, you know, time, we're going to speak about all of them. But before we get to them, I'd love to know your opinion, Corey, on whether or not you think Slav should have made the team right away or should he have started the season in Laval? I think you hit it on the nail uh, last episode. I think you, I think you said it perfectly. Um, <laughs> there's no point letting this kid start in the AHL just to bring him up for his try, you know, his nine game tryout. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for him. It's the perfect setup. You go first overall, you're going to play game one. You proved well enough in the preseason games to deserve to get that magical moment, you know, game one out there. I think he's going to get, like you said, up, you know, up to his nine games and then he'll finish out the season with the AHL. Um, but I don't think there's a, there's a better way to bring him in. You either do it, you either bring him in for the opener or he plays in the AHL the entire season. No, I agree. I think, I think a lot of people are panicking because they think this is the Habs rushing Slavkovsky again. Yeah, this is and fucking honestly, KK all over. Hear me out, though. KK's first season's not what ruined KK's first season in the NHL was, was good. good. We all we were all happy with him. We were like, wow, he looks really good. He can play in the NHL. It's the fact, like, it was 20 points in 56 games, I think, which it's not – or no, sorry, it was 34 points in 79 games. That's not bad. No. Not bad at all. It's the next season where he had eight points in 36 games and then had 13 and 13 in Laval. Mm -hmm. And then the following season, he went to Finland for a bit and then came back and had 20 points in 56. He stagnated. He didn't do anything after that. Yeah. That's the issue. And COVID definitely plays a part, but his initial season, 34 points in 79 games as an 18-year-old kid in the NHL, that's not horrible. If Slav did that, I think we'd be happy. But, you know, until we see Montreal send him back to the AHL, if he's not performing, I'm not going to say I'm thrilled with the move. I would like to see him play in the AHL this year. But if he can come up and produce and score 40 points this year and then continue to grow off of that, that's not a bad way of, doing things either like people forget that not yes most first overall picks um not most the majority start in the nhl but not all of those guys destroyed the league right away jack hughes had 21 points his first year in the ahl in the nhl 31 the next year he didn't hit a point per game until last year so i think people need to slow down on their criticism just a little bit because yes i do agree that slavkovsky should not be rushed if he cannot prove that he belongs he should end up in laval where i think he will end up but just because he's starting opening night it doesn't mean that his development's ruined okay like people just need to pump the brakes a little bit plus Corey, you may agree with me here 
I think the best way to motivate a guy like Slavkovsky is give him a taste. Show him the show and then send him down. Be like, give him a taste. Work your way up. Yeah. Because then he knows what he wants to get back. Speaking like a a real drug dealer. And he knows, (laughs) okay, yeah, that game, it's fast. The game is different up there. Here's what I need to work on. This is the level of like competition I want to be in. What do I need to do to get here? I've seen it. I've experienced it. I'm not done with it. You know, I'm hooked. I'm ready to get back. I'll do whatever it takes to get there. Slavkovsky has like that dog mentality too. We've learned through the draft interviews, through his interviews since he was drafted, since even just like last week, he was talking about his play. Like he's always hungry for more and he can, he can smell a spot on that roster and he wants it. Right. So I think it's perfect. Dangle it in front of him. Tell him if you want this, here's what you need to do. And, you know, maybe he'll even just run away with it. You know, maybe in nine games, he's got six points and we're like, okay, he belongs here. But, you know, that also scares me though. You know, like, a false, I don't want to say a false positive because you just want the best for, nothing, you know, nothing a young kid. Stopping, nothing stopping you from sending him down after 10 games, 11 games, 12 games, 20 games. Okay. Right. He has, I mean, that's not, true. He's not an OHL player. He can go down and he can come back up and you've got that opportunity. But speaking of dogs, uh, the former Hamilton Bulldog, Barber Jack Eye. <laughs> made the team out of training camp i called this one early i've got to say i still don't understand it though you don't understand it he's played amazing no 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 no. i I don't mean like based off of his performance like like you were trying to explain it to me like they literally said that he was sent like i i saw it and i know it's not credible i saw it on my instagram you know that he got sent to fucking laval and now you're telling me it's a ploy Let's bring him um, in. Let's hold off on that for a second and first talk about why he made the team. Because he's a monster. Well, an Arbor Jack guy, like, think about the story. This guy last year was nobody. He was undrafted. No one heard of him. And he took a tryout and turned it into a tryout to training camp or to the rookie camp, to a tryout to training camp, to a tryout to the main camp. He stuck around the whole time. And now a year later, he's earned an NHL contract and he's starting opening night against the Habs. Last year when he was invited to the Habs training camp, he had 17 points in 51 games to the Kitchener Rangers. That was it. And that was his draft year. And then the following year, last season, comes back 17 points in 18 games with Kitchener, explodes, gets traded to Hamilton, puts up 17 points in 33 games, and then 16 and 18 playoff games, and just raises his stock even further. Then he comes to camp again. And at the start of the – you remember the start of rookie camp and everyone's kind of saying, like, you know, he looks like Ben Sherrod. He's just going for the hits. You know, like, he's good, but can he really – is he – you know, he needs time. And every game he got better and better 
and better and better. And all the while he was beating the shit out of people. <laughs> the senators have a hit on no name guy who's come out of nowhere. He not only does he look better, like a better skater, he's smarter. He's calm with the puck. He seems to always make this. I, I don't want to say the safe choice, but he looks for the safe choice and he makes mistakes, but you almost never see this guy make the same mistake twice. So that's why I think he's made the team because maybe not so much. I do think it has to do with his ability to play the game right now, but it's also the fact that there's a noticeable difference. Every time he touches the puck, he gets better and better and better. And I think he absolutely um, belongs on the team opening night. And I think this is nothing against Arbor Jack guy who I think has immense potential as we've seen, you know, this guy wasn't, this guy's been through five drafts. He's been through the OHL draft three times, the NHL draft twice. He's never been drafted and look where he is now. But so there's nothing, nothing, not me shitting on him per se, but I think the Habs too, they can gamble on putting Jack eye in the NHL right away as opposed to Justin Barron or even Jordan Harris, who I think will probably be sent down at some point because what are they, what are they losing with Jack eye, right? With well, I mean, Barron, they're losing a first round pick with Harris. They're losing a guy they've developed for a long time with Jack. I, if he plays in the, in the AHL, they've already got a net, a net positive. Right. So yeah, I fully, I fully expected him like the, uh, after the last two weeks or so, the way he was progressing to make the team. And I'm really happy he did. This is a player that if, if I, if he sticks around on the team, like I could see myself getting a Jack guy jersey. I, I absolutely love this guy. No, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm waiting for him to be um, a league regular so I can buy it without feeling like I've damned him, if that makes sense. Um, yes, I know what you mean. Also with Joel Edmondson's uh, back in- injury still a little ways out, um, it's not really that bad of a – I mean, what do you got to lose, you know? I mean, we have uh, – we have. What's his name? The the kid we picked up from Winnipeg, who's only got four Jonathan games. Kovacevic. Yes, he's got four games played with Winnipeg. He's twenty four years old. I don't know much about him, but phenomenal advanced stats. One of the best defensemen in the AHL last year. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if, if we're if we're if we're giving a shot to him as well, why not Arbor Jack I, who, um, as much as you know, we hyped up Owen Beck and, um, you know, uh, Barron and Harris and Gooley, who I think Gooley, I think this is Gooley's time. I know we didn't bring him up yet. I think he's, he's cracked the fucking team. Um, but I mean, look at it. You, you got, I don't know, uh, Mike Matheson's setup. I know he's day to day. I mean, this, this decor is mainly going to be, Brand new guys, except for Savard Weidman. It's to be all young guys, hungry. I think Arbor Jack I deserves to be, you know, the one of the four guys that are coming in right now. No, absolutely. Um, and just to go towards what you were saying when we first started talking about Jack I, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Habs announced, so the Habs brought all four guys in the room together and told them they all made the team together. And Marty St. Louis said that was because 
they didn't want to scare them by inviting them all in separately You're fucked. and having them think they were going to get cut, which is kind of funny, but they were also, um, so they told them all they made the opening night roster. And then like a couple hours later, Arbor Jack, I got announced with being sent down to Laval and that a lot of people got frustrated by that. Basically, I'm going to break it down. This is just a cap move. A very good day. It's just a cap move. Arbor Jack, I will be at practice tomorrow. Today for this. He will be there uh, opening night, October 12th against the Leafs. Um, the Habs are placing Paul Byron on LTIR. It's not looking good for him. Uh, might not play again in the NHL. They need the space from Jack Eye to put Byron on LTIR. On it's to just, LTIR. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just fantasy cap- moves, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, it's just <laughs> cap gymnastics. So it's a paper transaction, to say the least. Jack Eye, they didn't fuck Jack Eye over. They're, they're not dangling a carrot in front of him and then taking you made the team son fucking he just don't check don't check all canadians on instagram yet he he will be on the roster come opening night um now do you want to talk about who do you want to talk about next caden gooley or jordan harris let's talk jordan harris because i feel like caden I, I don't I don't want to be mean. I just think that Jordan Harris is going to get his opportunity. He's probably going to get sent down a little bit, whereas I think Caden Gooley, this dude's made it. He's made his – he did everything he needed to do to make this team, and I think he's going to be the one to, to stay. So let's touch on Harris. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jordan Harris, I actually – like, I think it's – I feel bad for – um. Harrison Barron, because we we spoke all last year about how difficult it was going to be to find time mm-hmm. for Harris, Barron, and Gooley, because Harrison Barron played pretty regular NHL minutes near the end of the year. They've both proven they can play in the NHL. We would like to see some development, though, but we knew that – I remember the conversation we had was one of them would make the show and two would go down to Laval. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this fucking six foot Exodus. Four, 200, <laughs> 240 pound, 40 pound X factor, Jack guy, uh, who's just inserted himself into the lineup. But Harris still found a way to make the team. Um, honestly, I, I really did like his play. I would like to see him go back to Laval personally, just to kind of get the touches on the uh, power play and kind of get better minutes, develop his game. I think Jordan Harris could absolutely play right now. I just He's don't... not going to get the minutes that are going to help him improve his game more. No, exactly. Um, I just think he would be better served in Laval right now. But, you know, to each his own, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I think, like you said, he'll probably get sent down before the seat, like, you know, a couple games in as Joel Edmondson comes back, depending on who plays better between him and Jack. I, I can't see a ghoulie being sent down. Uh, but, you know, I am excited to see what he does with it because Jordan Harris it's, has all the attributes of a new age defenseman. He skates well. He activates into the play. He's a, he's a very active and consistent pincher. He doesn't get pushed around like we saw last year. It looks like he's put on a lot of strength. 
and he's intelligent. A little undersized, maybe, yeah, but he is a prototypical new age defenseman. And the only thing I think that'll really hold him back is that Montreal has Chris Weidman, Mike Matheson, and Caden Gooley, who all kind of do the same things that the Harris do, does, sorry, and that may limit his ability to really shine and show what he does best. I think Jack Guy's game, because he brings that physical element, because he's a grinder and he's used to having to carve himself out a role anywhere. And if Jack Guy becomes a bottom pairing defenseman, then that's a win, right? Like that's what they're kind of expecting, yeah. I think, from Jack Guy at this point. Whereas Harris, you're looking more for that top four upside, that offensive touch. I think it'll be a little a little more difficult for him to show uh, what he's capable of in this situation. But I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they were the three best defensemen of the Habs rookies at training camp. So I think it's a well-deserved um, opening night start for Jordan Harris for sure. No, I feel the same. Uh, I feel like there's – you saw it, especially like the – I think it was like the second game of the preseason. He was just just being so flashy out there. Minor mistakes, things that are just hiccups, um, but really trying to – how do I say it? He, he's not cocky, but he was doing shit you know that – he's capable of. Yeah, like – activates into the play. He he wasn't afraid to you know to do something where he'd go to the bench and, and the coach could be like, "What were you thinking?" You know, like he's not he's not afraid to try to elevate his game in that way, and that's what excites me about him is that he knows he can be offensively, you know, dominant if his game if he can develop his game for this for this level of play, he and he's not afraid to try it. But he does it in a – he does it – Jordan Harris, what I would say about when he activates into the play, he usually does it at an opportunity in which it's not going to burn the team. Yeah. I think that's that's probably the best way I could put it. The only issue, like I said, it's, it's really out of his control. The only problem is Caden Gooley – is even better at picking yeah. to join the bench, right? <laughs> and he is, you know, let's let's talk about Gooley. Um, but look, before, why you think about it, before we move on. You don't on, want to talk about, okay. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about it. I'm just saying, like, because I, I just had this pop in my head, and it, I think it's, it, it, I think it's, well, Jesus. I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, You know, Jordan Harris might get sent down and all that shit, but, just think about where this defensive team is for the young guys uh, now compared to what it was last year. We were talking maybe one guy would crack the team because of, of what we had around. And now four brand new guys are really going to get their, their chance to earn a spot until like Edmondson comes back. But, and it's all, it's all for the most part, except for Arbor Jack guy. And that's why he's going to make the team. And, if he does well, he's going to stay. He's the outlier. Everyone else is just has the the capability of being like a flashy offensive prowess defenseman. And Arbor Jack, I just happen to be the guy that's like, look, I, I can be a solid blue liner that you know knows when to do what I need to do, and I'll fucking you know I'll ch- I'll chuck nuts, and like really solidified that 
<laughs> that role. But to think Jack I has the benefit of establishing a role that not anyone, I don't think anyone in the Habs prospect pool is, is going to do that is capable of. And I don't think there's anyone really Josh Anderson can certainly fill that role, but you don't want him to. No, you want Arbor Jack I who loves you want, to do it. You want Anderson. Scoring. We want the Kurt Warner of the NHL. The Kurt Warner. The, um, bag, the bag boy turned quarterback turned fucking hall of famer. Definitely. No, I, I agree. I think Harris, like I, I do like Harris. It's just unfortunate that he has to compete with Caden Gooley and Jack. I alongside of Edmondson and Matheson Weidman for those minutes. And now COVID Kovacevich. I, I will figure out how to say his name on opening night. Yeah. As soon as someone um, says it, <laughs> but you know what now, is a positive because he really, if he plays well, he doesn't have to go anywhere until Edmondson's back because I don't. Well, until Matheson's back. Matheson. Sorry. Sorry. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, But moving on to Caden Gooley, who I think absolutely deserves some time in the limelight because we've kind of been forgetting to speak about him a little bit, I think, because. He's just so – there's been so many – we have so many good defensemen in our system, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have their ups and downs. But Gooley has just been so consistently great that I feel like, in a way, we haven't needed to acknowledge it. We've kind of been doing him a disservice and not. Um, throughout preseason, you know, I spoke about Jack I getting better and better. Gooley got so much better and really started – highlighting some offensive IQ that I don't think a lot of us, a lot of people in Habs, in Habs nation and, you know, fans of the Habs, fans of the team. I don't think a lot of people knew he had that in his game. Um, It was difficult a lot for him last year. And in junior, he played for the Prince Albert Raiders who last season averaged in the WHL 1.8 goals per game. That was their average. And this was a team that had like three first round picks on it. It's just the way they played last season. You'd see Gooley kind of jump into the play, go, go look for a return, make a pass, sprint up the ice, look for a return pass and not get one. And then when he moved to the oil Kings, you really saw his offensive talent kind of shine through where he exploded on their um, run to eventually winning the Memorial cup. He had 25 points in 25 games in the regular season, then 16 and 19 in the playoffs, just phenomenal performance. And now looking and seeing him play against NHL players, he continued to do that. He was jumping in the play. You'd see him make a pass like from the blue line, he kind of lay it off to someone and then sprint down the middle of the ice for a return pass. And a lot of, some guys weren't ready for it. But a couple of times he got the puck back and it set himself up for a great scoring opportunity. Not only that, but he was really good defensively. And I don't know, you may disagree with me, Corey, but I think this is a guy with his skating ability, his size and his smarts. I think he's locked in for a top four all, all season, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm going to go back to when we drafted him, because I think that's when we first started doing this together. Uh, you were so hyped about him. You got me interested in him. And honestly, since that moment, 
you said it's been quiet and it's mainly because like we used to say, we have a warehouse full of defensemen that would never really get a chance to crack, you know, the Canadians roster just because of how stacked we were. It's their time. But in that time, Caden Gooley has performed at every level. Um, Unreal at juniors. Didn't he play in the fucking Olympics? Uh, He's just been improving so much and he's always like one of the last guys that get removed you know before the start of the season and it's always just there's just someone that's been there that's just a little bit more experienced that has the edge those guys are gone this is his role this is I would say this is his spot to lose but I don't think they have that I think they they they're having to to put their chips in on this guy it's new management and they have that much trust in them. And, it, you know, more or less as a brand new player to them, they have this much trust and confidence in his play. He's going to not only going to crack the roster. He, I think this is his year that we, we see him moving forward as a, you know, a key future strong piece of this team. And I'm excited. No, like, you, like you said, like- Jordan Harris is, he's got to compete with that. You know, they, there are, you know, like there's Weidman shit that's like, I would say like a true competitiveness as far as like what you want your, you know, your, your years to be as a veteran, but, but his biggest competition is, is the young man that's coming in that we're already like, look, he doesn't have to prove anything. He's got it. This, this is honestly his, his spot. We've lost, you know, Sherratt, Romanoff, Petrie, this kid is going to, he's taking his fucking spot. He's not being moved. Like whether it's, you know, in the top four or he's at, he's, he's on the last pairing. Doesn't matter. He's got his spot Poor Jordan. Would Harris you, uh, has to would follow you, say you agree that you think he'll, he's locked in for a top four? Spot I think he's fucking locked in. I think there's so much upside to his game. And um, I don't know, man, the fact that we just right now, we only have Weidman Savard who, really has some, you know, like some big shoes to fucking fill now. Um, this is the perfect time for a young guy, like like they did with Romanov, like what, like they wanted to do with Romanov. He's going to get just as many minutes. I just think his ups, his ups, his upside is going to be a little bit better. And he's got a better opportunity because if he has a bad game, it's not like they're going to fucking sit him because they have this onslaught of of veteran defensemen core around him. No, he's going to get every opportunity like Nick Suzuki did to stay in this fucking game, and I think it's going to do tremendous for him. Too, you talk about the but the, the veteran presence, he won't be benched for them. I think also there's the, the no-pressure environment, and if he is struggling, they have the easy option of sending him down. Mm-hmm. They can send him down. They can protect him. There's not enough veteran guys that he's going to be struggling and drowning for playing time, but there are enough guys that you can pair him with a Joel Edmondson or a Mike Matheson or a Chris, a Chris Weidman and give him those comfortable minutes, which he will have a veteran guy to, to lean on. And if he is struggling, there's always the opportunity of going down the lineup or going down to the AHL for a few games, working on his game, getting his confidence back, and then taking another shot at it. But I really, like, seriously, 
I think we could see Jordan Harris, Jack Guy, Justin Barron kind of shuffle around up and down the team this year. I don't see Gooley going down to the to Laval once. I think no. he's gonna stick. I, I think really look, think he's ready. I think you you hit it pretty good. Like if they could put him with an offensive defenseman, if that's not Jesus, Tron, please move. If that's not working, okay. Well, then when Edmondson's back, then we put him with someone who's gonna sit the blue line and give him more opportunities to, you know, to find his game in an offensive way. If he's, you know, if he's feeling if they're feeling like he's not um, you know, he's getting burnt or whatever because the other offensive defenseman, you know, like like Chris Weidman is is causing him to not play the game that they want him to play. They have a great opportunity to have him play the best of both worlds on the blue line. And I don't think, like you're saying, though, like there's so much room for improvement, but there's no win-nail mentality where he makes a mistake. He's not fucking benched for games. He's not losing minutes. They're going to give him heavy minutes. He's going to make, he's going to play at least 17 a night, like off the bat. I think he's going to, he's going to give, they're going to give him every opportunity to, to just develop as fast as he can in this environment. And I think, I think he, of the guys, one is, I think the one that's going to take the best, Take, I guess his takeaway is going to be the best. He has the highest uh, value as far as or the highest experience or uh, uh, you know where I'm fucking going. I think his upside is is that much better, and he'll thrive. I think off he has of the, the highest ability. upside of the four you. young defensemen who can you. play NHL games this year. And I don't, like you said, I don't see him going to the AHL. Tron, please, tail. Jesus. No, absolutely not. Um. So we do have, like, I just want to go over right before we get into fantasy. Um, I just want to quickly read out the projected lineups, lineup, sorry, uh, for opening night. So lines in practice today were Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson on the top line. Monaghan, Doc, Hoffman, and Druin taking uh, both rotating shifts on the right wing as a second line. Third line, Safkovsky, Dvorak, Gallagher. Fourth line, Pitlick, Evans, and Dadonov and Pazetta taking shifts at right wing. Um, really, the only thing that I really want to highlight here is Kirby Doc and Sean Monahan together. I, I love that. Nasty. Well, it also allows Monahan's not a great faceoff man, mm-hmm. but Doc was one of the worst faceoff takers in the National Hockey League last year. So. This gives, um, and I, I say Doc's not a bad faceoff man at all. He went 53% last year. Like he's he's pretty decent. Also recovering. I'm surprised by that. Nasty that's actually, wrist. Uh, that's injury. actually way higher than I thought it was. <laughs> Sean Monahan's a much better faceoff man than I thought he was. Sorry. Um, so that even you know makes my point even better. He can take a lot of those draws for Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm. And Doc kind of doesn't have to worry about that because Doc's a player that needs to play with the puck on his stick. If you don't win face-offs, you don't usually have the puck on your stick a lot. So having Monahan on that line kind of as a Landis cog to his main. Yeah, it's it's definitely a crutch for, for each other. You know, they can really lean heavily on each other uh, as like a dual center position. No, absolutely. Um, but 
unless is there anything else you want to talk about Habs super Habs related before we move on I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about um as the regular season progresses and you know we do got to save some content we're going to this two weeks so if you want to add anything else before we move on no I don't uh just congratulations to the the young guys that made the team and um I think I think they're gonna they're gonna do great you know I don't see I don't see all of them staying but they're gonna get valuable valuable time in the league that's just gonna make them hungrier to get back because this is a team that's gonna have these spots open all you got to do is break the team you know this isn't a this isn't a win now team you know we're not stacked anymore it's you know battle you'll have your fucking chance unlike before we wouldn't be having this conversation two years ago three you know two years ago even a little bit of last year there's so many holes for these guys to to fill and, and to claim their spot this is such a big time so like Watching the Laval games this year is going to be pretty pivotal. You it's know? going to be interesting. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, now we're going to uh, kind of move on to some fantasy hockey talk. Uh, Corey and I have both done our drafts. So if you're checking out here, you know, we thank you for your time. But before we move on to the mm. fantasy hockey draft, we have a message from our friends at DraftKings. We sure the fuck do. As I get off of fanatics, uh, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet five dollars on any team and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win. Um, once again, we're discussing matchups off the top of my head. I don't know who's playing Tuesday, but I know who played fucking. Uh, who started their season four days early than everyone else was the San Jose Sharks versus Nashville. And uh, just as we talk a little bit about fantasy in a second, I picked up Tanner Janot, and he uh, he had a very solid game, seven fucking hits. Um, <laughs> if that wasn't enough excitement, that one moment I, I spoke on one person, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their games and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, perfect. Yeah, so you're actually mentioning Tanner you know, and I'm going to go pick him up because that sounds like <laughs> a great <laughs> a great pickup, a player I totally forgot about. But, yeah, so fantasy. I know, Corey, you've done your fantasy draft. You're in two leagues, right? I'm in uh, the New Orleans uh, Hockey League. Uh, which I am the commissioner for. We've been doing it for, I think this is our seventh season. And then I'm in the THPN um, full-blown ignorant league that uh, every year is decided we're going to do it at the very last minute every year. So that that's, I miss, that's what that I missed out on every year because I never <laughs> checked the team slack. I actually saw uh, – 
Griffin reached out. He's like, are you still interested? I was like, oh, shit. I, I haven't checked the Slack. Yeah, I'll play again. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I did pretty good last year. Uh, and then I forgot to trade all of my players um, for draft picks. And uh, I, I just fizzled out. Fills it out of existence. All right. Well, do you want to first start? So your New Orleans league, you've done it a little differently this year. Yes. Uh, how are you point? How are how are the points going? How are you rating the points? How, how are you winning your league this year? Okay. Yeah. Let me pull that up. <laughs> so do, you, do you want me to talk about mine first? If you no, 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 no. I I have it up. I have it up. <clears throat> I just uh, I didn't know we were going to test my, um, my commissioning skills. Um, so I've, I'm blanking on what it's called. It's, uh, oh, it's a head to head league. I don't do the points like Mason does, which I'm interested in because the THPN league is doing it that way this year. Um, this is the way I've done it since I've played fantasy hockey. I think I started back in 2012, 2013. Um, so you have the opportunity to um, the brackets are goals, assist points. We got penalties, um, face-off wins, which is brand new this year. Hits, blocks, uh, and then for the goalies, you got wins, uh, goals against, uh, goals against average save. Wait, I'm sorry, this is all of them. Jesus Christ. Um, it's so weird looking at it, not on my phone. So I'm pulling it up on my phone. Uh, but we did add, we did add the face-off win this year because I felt like, um, like the centers weren't given enough credit, and how important it is to have like a fire center group on your team just kind of gets washed out because you're really if you don't add that, I feel like we were just grabbing centers that had like center left wing or center right wing or like the uh, unstoppable Robert Thomas of last year, who was uh center left and right wing. So you just, you can be slotted anywhere. Um, so yeah, let's go to matchups. So yeah, you have, uh, so you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. You have 12 possible categories to score in um so yeah i fucked up previously it showed everything but yeah the newest one we got rid of um plus minus i felt like i i did a little i did a little digging into our previous seasons and that one always seemed to just be like everyone it was who had the less negative number um so i decided that this would be the year of the centers and really give them an opportunity to shine. Um, I love that they added uh, the face-off win category. So we did that. And, uh, yeah, Mason, that's that's where we are. It's, an, it's a fun league. All New Orleans so how people. Many point, how many points do you – like, how much? How many points is a face-off win? A face-off win, it, it's, it's by each, each – so it's not point-based. So is yours it, so sorry, is your league a head-to-head league? Yes. Okay. So basically, let's say uh I've only had two guys play, Tanner Geno and Roman Yossi. Uh neither of them had a face-off win yet, obviously. But let's say let's say I have Nick Suzuki, right? He fucking 
he gets a face-off win. I get a point, like, basically every face-off win he gets is how many points you get in that specific category. So you need to win that category. So I'm winning five to nothing against my buddy Drew because we're dead even on goals. I have one assist more than he does, so I have the point for that. I have one more points than he does, so I have a point for that. I have four PIMs, so I have the point for that. I have more hits than him. I have the point for that, and et cetera. And you keep going on. So, you know, at the end of the week, I could have, you know, 15 goals, you know, 27 assists, um, 18 PIMs, 35 faceoff wins. And it's only based on who had the better of it that week. So, okay. Okay. I have, like I said, well, I'll have 28 goals. He had 20. So I get one point in the goal category. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it allows your teams to go the fuck off. Um, I can't lie. It's, it's a little different. Brain, though. That hurts my brain. Um, I feel you. The way that you play is more like a traditional um, – for like fantasy football. I just never played it that way with hockey, and I'm, I'm excited to actually play it that way um, this year. Give me one second, Mason. All right, sorry about that. My wife just got home, and I had her locked out the house. Fair enough. Yeah, so um, so we were talking about the way that you play. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm just doing, as I always do, point, a point to point. A goal, is a, a goal is one point, an assist one point. And then uh, for goalies, we do three points. So goalies usually end up being kind of important. Um, often the three best players will be the three best goalies that year, and then It'll be like McDavid, blah, 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 like those guys. And then more goalies. So the goalies are really important. Um, I was kind of lucky this year. Last year, I drafted first overall. And I picked Andre Vasilevsky first overall, as I always do. I will pick if Vasi's on the board, I will pick him. Uh, I actually ended up coming dead last in my <laughs> pool. Or no. No, I came second last in my pool last year. I I got fucked over. I drafted Backstrom, Stone. Basically, my whole team was injured. Plus, I had, like, Jeff Petrie and it, it, Cole Caulfield I drafted at the start of the year, and then he got sent to – I did, I did too. Yeah. It was a very bad year for me. Um, however, this year, went third overall. Seven, seven-team league. 20 players, uh, four centermen, three of each winger, four D, two goalies, and two utility players, and then two bench slots. So it's kind of a big, it's kind of a big draft. Um, got it over with in like an hour, but uh, McDavid, Drysetto went second, first and second, and then I picked up Vasilevsky, third overall pick, which was which I was pretty happy about, and then I got Kucherov twelfth which I was ecstatic about. I can't believe he fell to 12. And then I picked up Adam Fox with my next pick, because I, which was 17. And I was kind of like iffy about that, but I just wanted to get a good defenseman. Um, mm-hmm. Usually I don't – I don't know about you, Corey. Usually I don't really worry about defensemen except for – say the top seven, top six, seven guys are usually way better. But then you kind of go – 
you get to your Jeff Petries, your Dumbas, your Spurgeons, they kind of like, they're going to get 35, 40 points. It's kind of similar. I'd rather get a forward who's going to get me more points, especially in a league like mine where there's hits don't count. It's just points. Mm-hmm. And then I got Goudreau 26th, which, there you, go. you know, third in the league in scoring last year. I was pretty happy about. Uh, I picked up Demko at 31. So my goalie tandem are the two guys that played the most games last year, uh, respectively, one and two each. So I'm pretty happy about that. And then I hate to admit it. Um, I think the Ottawa Senators are going to score a lot of goals this year. So, and unfortunately, Caulfield got picked right before I was going to take him. So I picked up Alex DeBrincat next. Nice. Um, I also got my hands on Norris and Batherson. Ooh, who, okay. So I have a lot of senators, which could, I think they're going to shit the bed. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to score a lot of goals. And those three guys, I think Batherson is underrated. Norris, I think, is going to be their number one center this year. He's going to put up a lot of points. So I'm kind of betting on those guys feeding each other on the, in, on the power play. Um, who else did I pick up? I got Jason Robertson and Pavelski. Because that Dallas team is one line, man. One line. Great. I always see this year. I don't think this year I didn't do it, but every year I always try to grab a duo. You know, this always. line scores, I'm fucking doubling down. And this year it got away from me. See, I've done that. That strategy works or it kills you. Um, yeah, I you're right. To grab three. I tried to grab three duos this year. I was going to get, I had my, my senators trio, which I can't lie. Kind of scares me. It's just, I saw Batherson falling and I just had to take him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also, so I have Elias Lindholm. So I was trying to get my hands on Huberto early, but he got away from me. And then Braden point was still around at like, I don't know, like, the 11th round or something Mm -hmm. he was just still around for some reason and literally the pick before i drafted someone got him but i got jordan kairu in the 13th round which i was happy about un undrafted in my league undrafted i'm waiting i have him i have him start off (laughs) like that's crazy jordan kairu those um St. Louis Blues always get so criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. Like last year, who did they have? Like Bushnevich. They had um, Braden Tarasenko, Shen. Tarasenko. O'Reilly. O'Reilly wasn't that big. Uh, Robert Thomas was the massive ad. <clears throat> I mean, still, like you look at their their leading scorers last year, just put up points man like it wasn't it wasn't even fair Vladi 82 points Robert Thomas 77 Bushnevich 76 Kairu 75 Barbashev 60 Shen 58 O'Reilly 58 Perron 57 like that team just scores they had I think they had more 20 goal scores than any other team in the league last year and criminally underrated so yeah I got Tarasenko and Jordan Kairu so that's another duo um, and then who else did I pick up? I picked up Zuccarello because I figured uh, 
you know, Kaprizov's going to score a million points and someone has to pass him the puck. Uh, who else did I get? Devon Taves. Uh, my defense is basically just Fox and Taves. My other two guys are Drysdale and Gostas Beer. I just kind of threw some darts. But I'm curious. I do have one pick. I picked him up late. He filled in my last center spot. And I wonder how you feel about it, Corey. Mm-hmm. I picked up Matty Berniers. Ooh. Okay, a little bit of a gamble. But my it's second not... last pick. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. I don't – I think he could go – I just don't – he's going to be the number one center. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to be passing the puck to Andre Burakovsky, who can score some goals. Um, Matty Beard. Yanni Gord's going to take a lot of that – defensive like a lot of those big you know number one centers for him a lot of those face-offs i think Mm -hmm. he's in a great scenario to score a lot of goals he was on a rager last year like 10 points in nine games so i just saw him there and i had to and then i picked up another young i went pretty heavy on the young guys my last three picks were all sophomore players or berniers is a rookie um i picked up anton lindell as well those are my two utility nice okay Rookie last year put up like 42 points, but Florida, man, they're gonna. I know they lost Huberto, but they now, you see, I it. actually didn't grab, I don't have a single person from Florida, and I was kind of nervous about it. And there were guys that I could have grabbed, but at the same time, it wasn't the guys in Florida that I was looking for. Um, I definitely am a little nervous about not having any guys from Florida this year. Um, but it's because I went, I don't, I don't want to say I went, I didn't, I don't want to say I went Calgary heavy, but I did grab the guys in Calgary that I thought were going to be difference makers this year. I went very, very, um, central division and Mm -hmm. Atlantic division heavy. I don't think I have looking at my team. You know what I I did. I have get a, I, I did have get a duo. I, I have one player from the Metro Division. Wow. <laughs> I went and then I have quickly. I only have four player, three players from the Pacific. The rest are all Central Atlantic. My reasoning, I went really heavy on the Atlantic because the Ottawa Senators. If you play them, you're going to score a shit ton of goals. Mm-hmm. The Habs suck. You're going to score a shit ton of goals. Let's be honest. The Habs are going to suck this year. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, they're, you're going to score a lot. Of, it's like I don't think they're there yet. I think teams are going to beat up on them. Detroit, I still think as they're going to take a big step. I think Detroit could be sneaky good this year, but I still think you're going to score a shit ton of goals on them. I still think the Leafs are talking about playing Mitch Marner at defense. I don't think that like, and Matt Murray and that, I think the Leafs are going to be good, but they're going to, again, like a lot of goals. And then Boston too. Yeah. Boston's, Boston's, Boston's hurt until fucking Thanksgiving, basically. And then you've also got Florida. Who yeah. I don't think like. I think they played with the, the pot too much think, in Florida and it's, it's going to take half a season to. Get out of losing it. Mackenzie Weger on that. Like they're gonna let in a lot. They they weren't a great defensive team last year. They just outscored everybody. Mm-hmm. As phenomenal as Barkov is, he's a yeah, selfie. They, they did fucking five five forwards on on the power play. Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah, I loaded up on Atlantic Atlantic guys because I think that division 
is going to be where all the goals are just going to beat up on each other. And then in the central, this is, it's, you know, I know it's kind of maybe a stupid way of betting, but they always, always, always have high scoring games. And Mm. I'm sorry, but Chicago and the coyotes are both in that division and the jets. (laughs) So once again, I think those three teams are going to get beat up on and the stars, the, the avalanche, the blues, even the wild are going to score a shit ton of goals. So I kind of, I kind of placed all my bets on the two divisions I think are going to be the, the divisions that score the most goals this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, put some bets on some duos and hopefully it pays out for me, but I'm just, so excited for the season to start here oh yeah so i i actually i was looking at my team i did get a duo and i got him at the very fucking end and i'm i'm so excited when i saw his fucking name so i did take a bit of a risk this year i i I ended up drafting second which is i'd rather draft either the middle of the pack the very last person or like two or three and I know that's that's silly. That's basically every every spot. But I was gonna say that's like every. I like either like let's say you play in 10, 10 guys. I'd, I'd like to go either two, five, or ten. Those are my favorite areas. I love ten snake draft. You know, you just doubling down. You just looking what everyone's got, and you're setting the tone for the next round. Um, I went second. My buddy Frodo got Connor McDavid because we added the. Uh, face-off win category, I had to go Leon Dreisaitl. He had like 850-something uh, face-off wins, massive in that category. Um, and then all hell broke loose because pick five, someone grabbed Shesterkin. Um, and then it it balanced itself off. That was the only person that went goaltender in the first round here's the kicker second round for me you know it's going backwards so my buddy chris who's anchoring it he goes uh kaprizov and then followed by vasilevsky this dude gets vasilevsky like every fucking year i don't, I don't know how it's I always dropped i will drop vasi whenever i see him i feel you i feel you i just I don't go goalie first. I don't. I, maybe maybe if I was in like a big ass league, then maybe so. I just feel like it's it's real integral to grab like that that one guy that's really gonna, I guess, anchor your team. So he. So now now we got two of the best goaltenders are gone. Um, uh, my buddy Matt goes and grabs uh, Ovechkin. He's he's not ready for a goaltender, and you know what? He still made out pretty good. Um, let's see. The next guy grabs Kucherov. Then you see um, the first big defenseman, Victor Hedman, goes. Then right here, son, two picks before me. I am excited. I'm going Jacob Markstrom once again. Boom. My cousin's wife grabs Jacob Markstrom and just starts to fuck me for the rest of the goddamn draft. 
She grabs Jacob Markstrom. And I'm like, I'm spiraling. I, I, my notes thrown in the air. I'm done. Then her husband goes and grabs UC Soros, which is, you know what? I wasn't going to get him, but that is a really good fucking grab. So I'm not left. I'm not going to say I'm not left with a lot, you know, but the way that my league plays, the, the top guys are gone. I'm taking the big risks. Second overall pick for my team, Jack Campbell. I'm either living on this fucking hill in paradise or I'm dying. But I, I took the risk. I took him. Boom. I got him slotted at 15th overall, Jack Campbell. Uh, then number one goes Adam Fox, which is fine because boom, boom, boom. He goes Barkoff right after that. I turn around and I grab Roman Yossi. Had a phenomenal season last year. I still think he's got a little bit left in him. Like you said, though, the Central is going to, like, the, the, the teams that aren't holding it, they're going to get fucking picked alive, and Roman Yossi is out there for every fucking scoring chance. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, it starts trending towards uh, defensemen for a little bit. Uh, we come back to me, fourth, uh, my fourth-round pick, my 30, 31st pick. Sebastian Ajo, I really think Carolina has an opportunity to do something this year. Um, I had him two years back. I really enjoyed his play. I think he's going to sit well. Um, and I was happy to grab my next big um, center. Let's see, last year, where we got it? Uh, of course. Oh, last year he had 555 faceoff wins. I thought that was pretty decent. Uh, it's like the middle of the pack for guys like that. But what was available, I think he was really good. Um, and he's going to score a shitload of points. He's going to get a lot of power play time. I think that was a good pickup. Uh, turn around, two picks later, three picks later. Yeah, three picks later. Nassim Kadri still available. I got to go with him. He saved my team last year. And it's actually part one of my tandem that I grab. Um, picks six round pick 47. Joe Pavelski still hanging around, scooped him up. He's going to be, uh, at the time was going to be my fourth defense, uh, my fourth center locking them in, but it was, it's great to have a, a center right wing duo. Um, 50th overall, I go Pavel Frankus. He's going to get a lot of time in Colorado. He will get hurt quite often, most likely. Um, but he, he did tremendous for me last year. Um, let's see, where did she screw me over again? Oh, in the sixth round. That's why I grabbed Pavelski. Uh, my friend's wife grabbed two picks before me, Brent Burns, who I thought was going to have an un unreal year. Um, but I grabbed Pavelski. He's like you said, that is the only line in Dallas. And I got one of the key fucking members. Um, but yeah, so we go down in our eighth, my 63rd overall. I'm going Maurice Sider once again. Once Underrated again. I've, I've got him last year. He was so fun. Oh, he's so good. He's I so would fun. buy that jersey. I love this kid. He's so sick. Okay. He's a monster too. Oh, absolutely. Three picks later. I know how you feel. I know you don't like him. 
I don't understand how Brady Kachuk is still available. Grabbed him. Grabbed him because of hits too. Hits and penalties. Hits and penalties. This kid's going to put up points. He's going to have a decent season offensively. But by God, is he going to get you massive penalty minutes and hits? And actually, probably decent block shots. Not too many, but a little bit. Okay. Uh, 79th, we're in the 10th round. Mackenzie Weger is just sitting there right for the plucking. So gobble, 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 take Mackenzie Weger because my cousin Cody's wife fucked me again and grabbed Matt Duchesne, who was sitting there. I was so eager to grab him. Um, anyway, Mackenzie Weger right out there. He's going to have a great fucking season. He's probably going to get – I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the top defensive pairing if he's not already. Um, my next one is a sleeper pick. No one – he was he was rated to go within like the first four rounds um, in our league. Tanner Janot, no one wanted him. I saw it. I said, you know what? I need a right wing. He he's literally my first right wing. That's not Joe Pavelski, who was out at the time was slotting as a center position. So I was like, fuck, I need to beef it up. This kid's going to get points. He's going to get great time on the ice. And fuck, is he going to get hits? Um, after that, how is he available? Mikhail Sergachev at 98. I'm sorry, 95. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev still around. Um, I don't think people realize, you know, the numbers that he could be getting this year, especially like time on ice. Grabbed him up. 98th overall, Jordan Bennington. Um, now that Billy Huso is gone, it's honestly Jordan, the Jordan Bennington show again. He's going to lose a good bit, but then he's going to turn around and get like back-to-back shutouts. Uh, 111, I grab Michael Bunting. Don't like him, but if if they're if they're gonna put him next to Austin Matthews, then I'm gonna steal those points all day. I'll eat him up. 114, he's not a sleeper, but because of the team he plays for, Jesper Bratt is not gonna get the love he deserves. Grabbing that 114, massive. Bratt's massive. A- Pickup. Massive had like grab. 70 points last year, too. I had him last year and he was so fun. He was so fun. Um 127. I grab a center, right? I grab a center because he's still there and it allows Joe Pavelski to flex between center and right wing now. Pierre Luc Dubois. I know Winnipeg's gonna be tough, but Pierre Luc Dubois is gonna get his points and he's gonna get. Decent face-off win numbers. The, guy, the guy's playing for a trade. Absolutely. He He's, wants out. Absolutely. Okay. I got three picks left. This one is unreal. I can't believe I have such a solid defensive core. And you talked about it earlier that you you don't really focus on defense as much. I always try to at least get one unreal, like, top-tier defenseman, and everyone else by the middle of the league, you can find someone that's just having an unreal season and slot them in. I have Jacob Trobe, Jacob Truba, who just, you know, obviously just became captain. He fell because he was day-to-day. He fell all the way to fucking 130. 
and I grabbed Jacob Truba, who turned around less than 24 hours later and became healthy. Um, and I, it was redemption for what Merrill did to me all draft, who she also grabbed. Uh, never mind. Uh, she was pissed off about that. Maybe I can work something out where I can I can fiddle someone out of her hands. Um, 143, though. 143, no one looked at him. He is the second part of my duo, Nazem Kadri's wingmate, most likely Tyler Toffoli. He's going to have an unreal season. 143, that's probably where he should be drafted right now because no one expects it. I think he's going to be unreal. My last fucking pick, why not? I think I have a solid team. I have everything I need. I grabbed Brad Marchand. He's just going to sit IR. And as soon as the draft was over, I sneakily threw his ass in IR and then went and picked up, let's see who. I know I grabbed someone dirty. Oh, Trevor Zegras, undrafted. Trevor Zegers went undrafted in your league. Trevor Zegers because he was also hurt because of preseason. Everyone was scared that he was he was just you know oh dead. Oh my god! I have in IR Charlie McAvoy because he's six months out from I've, recovery. I've got McAvoy in IR too. Brad Marshan in IR because he's six months out. I basically have the saving grace for Boston sit, sitting in the wings. I have Nico <laughs> Heischer. I picked up on waivers after the draft. Nico Heischer. Great pick. And Charlie McAvoy. And threw them both right. You know who's IR. another IR grab that I, I should have? Um, Max Pacioretty for Carolina. I know oh, it's a I bit of a about Patches. I know it's a bit of a – that's a tough one. But I think – in six months, he can slot into Carolina somewhere, and I think he When's can be a he different supposed man. to be back? Six months, another another Thanksgiving guy. A lot of guys are out for, like, until Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving, Christmas. What? What? He's out six months, but he's back at Thanksgiving? Well, they had him, they had him slated at six months. So this is, I guess I'm reading it later, but his surgery was, you know, his Said recovery it, it was six months. He'll be out until February. Okay, so what? He's in a long-term IR. I don't I have mean, him, but you know what? No one's thinking about him. I have him starred, ready to pounce. And you know what? Nick Suzuki, that'd be a great addition. So he's also another starred player. I had to grab Zegers over Suzuki, though, just 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 because there's no talent with Travis. If he goes on a run, it, it's unreal. So I think I did pretty good. Uh, my biggest question is my goaltending, which I still think is pretty it's pretty good, but it is definitely below average compared to everything else I have. No, fair enough. Sounds like you have a good squad. Um I'm excited. We'll have to give some like kind of bi-weekly or monthly updates on how both of us are doing. Uh, oh yeah. This has turned into a hell of a regular season opener episode we're at almost what almost two hours i think now. i think uh after editing it'll be like uh an hour we'll say like hour 20 it's not not bad for us at all um 
So Rumi's just entered the room. Yeah, dude. Uh, we've send been her talking out. about fantasy hockey for however long. So this I'm person's send her been quiet. See if else to add. No, uh, kudos to I'm gonna call him Colin. I think that's his name. Kudos to Colin for being quiet. Great job. Yes, good, good shit, Colin. We appreciate you. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping by, listening. We appreciate all the support. As always, you can find us at Bayou Benders on Twitter and at Habs Nightly on Twitter. You can also email us at, at HabsNightly at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any input you want to give, share to us, please let us know. We appreciate all the feedback. And we're excited to get back to you guys soon. We appreciate all the support. Go have this go. Hopefully, the boys take a big dump on Wednesday. And uh, that'll be it. Thanks. This has been Abs Nightly. Talk to y'all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.